Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Interrobang Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Simon. Thank you for being with me today, and thanks for listening. Before we jump into this week's episode, let's go and talk about some of the news you may have missed this week. Our top story. First of all, I'd like to give some special recognition to our new FSU president, Ismail Alray. Alray will take up the position after a year of working as the FSU's student life coordinator. To check out your new board of FSU directors and governors, go to the article on our most recent issue of the Interrobang. And on March 16th, 20 student associations across Ontario requested immediate action be taken to avoid a province-wide strike by college faculty this Friday. The faculty union, OPSU, announced they would strike March 18th unless the College Employer Council agreed to immediate binding arbitration. OPSU's bargaining team invited the College Employers Council to meet yesterday. The union says it's willing to extend the strike deadline if real progress is made during the talks. Now, I'm recording this on Thursday, so by the time you're hearing this, faculty could already be striking. A strike would affect a quarter million students at 24 Ontario colleges. Professors, counselors, librarians, and instructors have all been working under a contract that expired at the end of September. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, the Foreign Affairs Minister and Defence Minister are among multiple Canadians, including four MPs from London who have been banned from Russia. MP Preter Fagascato's comments after seeing his name on the list of banned foreigners. My comment is that I'm honoured. I think that the fact that myself and my colleagues have been banned from entering Russia means that we are doing our jobs because we are standing by the Ukrainian people. We are speaking out against the tyranny of the Vladimir Putin regime and the gross violation of human rights. So I, I'm not surprised by it. I was expecting it. Uh, and, uh, and here we are. Canada and its allies are still imposing trading and travel sanctions on Russia as the invasion of Ukraine continues. And there are no jokes here. On April 1st, the federal government will be lifting COVID-19 testing requirements for all Canadian travellers. Currently, travellers entering Canada must show a negative antigen test upon arrival. But travellers without at least two doses of a COVID-19 vaccine will still need to present a negative test and isolate for 14 days. Now, this week on the Interrobang Podcast, it's all about art and expression going into our next issue. And who better to join us than one of our talented artists and graphic designers here at the Interrobang, Ian Indiano. An international student from Brazil, Ian dives into his passion and why he believes art still holds value in today's society. So let's welcome Ian to this episode of the Interrobang Podcast. Ian, thank you so much for joining us here in the Interrobang Podcast. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be talking about really our next issue, which is all going to be about arts and music. And you're one of our resident designers and and artists for all the covers that we do. And really anything in the the arts world that the Interrobang does, you have your name on it somewhere. So um, I guess really just starting off, I'd love to know about your passion, where this passion of art kind of came from, where it was stemmed from, kind of going from your personal story just to start off. Sure. Um, Well, first of all, thanks for having me. uh, I apologize for my for my English. I know it's not uh, it sounds weird, and I have an accent and stuff. No, I um, love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's hard to think uh, for me uh, to try to find a, a place where it all started because I th- I feel that it all it all was always something kind of clear to me uh, until not long ago. I thought I had the idea that I would I, I was an artist by choice that I could. Uh, be a successful lawyer if I wanted. But as I grow up, 
uh, I realized that actually no, I think the only thing I'm capable of doing is uh, drawing and uh, painting. So I don't think I have uh, that much choice anymore. <laughs> um, I don't think I would be a successful lawyer if I wanted. Or um, so yeah, I don't think it's a matter was a matter of uh, choice or passion. It was just something that I did, and the only thing I I know I can do uh, relatively well. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I was drawing since I, I always drew when I was a kid, and most kids draw, um, but most of them also stop once they start learning how to write, and, and I didn't. I continued drawing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I love hearing kind of those stories like that, because you're right. I mean, especially for myself, I'm... I don't think I've ever been good at drawing, but you kind of put it perfectly. How every little kid, they grow up drawing. Yeah. That's what everyone does. But then some of them go into writing or they go into to something else. But I really like the way you put that. Um, and I guess kind of fast forwarding to where you are now, you're in the, the fine arts program at Fanshawe. What made yep. you choose Fanshawe <laughs> in this program? Um, it's that, That's a, a tricky question because uh, when I moved to Canada, I came with my family. Um, and uh, so lots, a lot of... Uh, my choices were kind of constructed around my family's necessity. And uh, my family had to go back to Brazil, where I'm from, uh, due to the pandemic and a bunch of uh, different stuff. But, um, but I, I got to stay. I was uh, allowed to stay. And I was already, I think it was in my second year when they left. Um, and I went too far to <laughs> give up <laughs> at, at that point. But it's a great uh, program. It has really good uh, installations and, and, and um, equipment and spaces to be used. So it was a nice, uh, was a nice place to, to start my studies, my formal studies in art, um, although I have a background in graphic design and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I feel that um, the program I experienced in Fanshawe isn't the real program uh, because of uh, all the stuff that happened during yeah. the pandemic. Um, so it's hard for me to say that what I experienced is actually what Fanshawe wanted uh, me to experience. Uh, but it was nevertheless really good um, and really nice to, to make friends and, and develop my uh, artistic language, I guess. I don't know if that answer, I kind of forgot your answer, uh, uh, your, your question, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was great. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back to it and talk about your your family and how that's all went. You said you also have a background in graphic design, but yep. through everything, your whole artistic journey up until this point, how has your family reacted or, or supported you through all of this? And um, my family is very supportive. Uh, my dad is a musician, uh, oh, wow. and my mom's uh, mo mother is my grandma. She's a she's a piano teacher. So so, and then my uncle is an, a visual artist. So Holy. like in my family wasn't. I never had to go through the stages of explaining to them why being an artist is important. Everyone's or, just so artistic in their yeah, own way. Yeah, I guess they <laughs> That's so cool. They always knew that, uh, yes, people, there are artists in the world, so, uh, which is, I mean, I was lucky. I know lots of artists have to explain to their families that what they're doing is an actual job and it's possible for them to make a living you know, drawing <laughs> or painting and doing uh, useless stuff for <laughs> the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, they, they always uh, encouraged me to uh, continue drawing and, and, and painting and exploring this uh, side of, of my life. So yeah, I was very lucky. 
my family is very supportive. My mom is a dancer as well, so yeah, I grew wow. up in a, in a in a very oh my god environment, I guess, <laughs> which adds to the fact that I don't think I had much choice. No, in <laughs> retrospect, yeah, that's what I was I was gonna bring up because you did say in the beginning you were kind of before you know art came or became this big passion that you wanted to pursue. You were talking about wanting to become a lawyer and things like that. So yeah, yeah. did you did you have kind of like that, I think the best way to say it, that kind of backwards reaction? So you're telling your, your artistic family you want to go into this? Or did you even tell them that? Or was it just a... Um, when I was a kid, actually, I feel that, um, like, I was very interested in, in science and, and math. And I was, when I was younger, I was a pretty good student. <laughs> like, later <laughs> in my life, I became a, a average student. Uh, but when I was uh, very young, I was... A, a pretty good student I really liked um, documentaries and, and like that was my my thing when I was a kid um, I liked to learn about anything I could so I remember I had like this enormous list of professions that I wanted to pursue when I was very young like I wanted wow. to be a veterinarian and a, uh, astronaut and like uh, yeah <laughs> in my mind I could do all these things um, and now in retrospect I feel that uh, being an artist it's uh, was probably the only way I could uh, uh, stay with the same interests like I am still very interested in, in science and and all sorts of things and I feel that this in a way I explore those things in in my work in a way like in a very analyst analytic analyst way yeah. of, of thinking yeah so um, I never had to uh, break their expectations by telling them I wasn't not going to be an artist because I think I, they knew and I always knew that that was kind of my path um, but yeah, I don't know. My family is pretty easy going with those things. Um, I have a brother who's a, a circus artist, so it's like Whoa. yeah, my my uh, middle brother. I'm the oldest. What? So yeah, like going track, what is? I'm just <laughs> intrigued now. What is that? What does that mean? What does he do? Or oh, he does like uh, aerial stuff and and silks and and wow. contortionism and stuff like that. Yeah, he lives in London. He lives here. Yeah. Wow, you have such a diverse <laughs> and artistic family. That's amazing. And going back to what you were saying, too, I like the, the way you put it. You can still follow all of those, I guess, childhood interests that you had, you know, whether it's focusing on being an astronaut or in space, and you can all kind of express it. And I like that you were saying, like, through the work that you do now and through the art that you do. And I think we've seen some of that already, especially in the Interoband covers, which, I mean... I absolutely love them. Like I said, and I've shown everyone, I have them all framed. <laughs> I oh, think they're... The... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, yeah, that's, that's really kind of you. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely amazing. And how did you kind of start off at the Interobang? I would love to know kind of your journey of how you got to there and start doing these covers. They're, oh, I just love them so much. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was um, pretty early in the pandemic, actually. Um, and I think my family was about to, uh, to leave uh, from, to Brazil. So mm -hmm. um, I, it was a, a period where I was trying to figure out what to do with, uh, with my life, staying here. So my family left and me and my brother stayed. Um, and I, uh, I saw that, um, uh, yeah, Interobank was looking for uh, writers and I decided to apply as a writer, I think. And at the time it was, uh, Angela was the editor, it was before okay. Hannah. So, uh, well, before uh, Hannah became an editor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I applied as a writer, I think, and I also told uh, Angela that, yeah, but I would like to uh, illustrate my own articles if that's possible, and she thought it was a nice idea, and, um, but I wasn't uh, doing the covers back then. Yes, and, and then um, 
Let me try to. I don't have a very good memory, so I'm trying to <laughs> remember <laughs> what happened. Yeah, I'm kind of um, putting you on the spot here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think uh, after, I think after Angela left, I I, I told um, Hannah that I wasn't in, uh, interested in doing the covers, and she she let me uh, do a few a few covers. I think the first one I did was uh, the election one. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one. It was. It, that's. It's a funny one. Um, yeah, and after that, Hannah just let me do like kind of I think like half of the the covers I do, and the other half is Dylan does. I don't think yeah. he did the last one, but um, yeah, normally it's kind of between me and and Dylan, who's yes. also a really good artist. Yeah, yeah, you guys are both incredible, and you and if you can think back again, putting you on the spot here, and of all the Interbank covers that you've done, what is I guess your favorite and My why? Favorite. Yeah, because <laughs> you've done like they're all um, so different and unique in their own ways. But I'd love to know which one. I guess is your yeah. like golden goose. Um, <laughs> well, I, I really like the first one I did. Yeah, it was ever I did everything by hand actually. So no, yeah. now the ones I I do now are are completely digital. But the first one was uh, done by hand, and and I did like in uh, each part of the drawings a separate drawing, so I had to put them together on on the computer. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was an interesting experience. Uh, yeah, probably that, well, the first one is my favorite because it's kind of funny and it got a, some people got back to me and they, uh, there was some sort of rep repercussion, I think. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> it was a it's a funny one, yeah. Yeah. One I thing that people don't know about it is that it's based on a, on a poster, uh, on a movie poster actually, from a very old Brazilian movie. <laughs> really? Yes, yes. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know the name in, in English, I, uh, but it's a, it's a movie about a girl with uh, two husbands. And the poster, it's, uh, it's her in bed with, uh, two, with her two husbands, one inside. So I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I should uh, try to uh, incorporate this uh, poster design into, into the, <laughs> our current uh, situation. And it was the sex issue. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> for all those listening who haven't who haven't seen this one, it's, maybe you can explain it better so we can get kind of Yeah, a, so it's Justin Trudeau, Erin O'Toole, and Jagmeet Singh in bed. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're just laying, they're just there. They're not doing anything. They're just looking for And you, you did that all by hand? Yes, I did, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have the originals on my <laughs> studio if you want to see yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to want to see those. That's yeah. amazing. I had no idea they were by hand. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's a funny one. And it was based on this poster. Um, I saw I saw that the, the artist that did the original poster, he has the, the habit of um, suing people that kind of use his work. So yeah, he died recently, but maybe his family oh. might sue me in the future. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Well, let's see. That would be fun. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of that uh, takes me to my next question, though. Going back a little bit, um, talking about inspiration. How weird is this? Is this how people talk? Like, is yeah, this is how, how, how does uh, pod this podcast go? I, this, yeah, this is amazing. I love this. Um, okay, it, it works perfectly because, like I was saying, this kind of goes to uh, the next question that I had. But going back a little bit, talking about inspirations. Again, putting you on the spot here, but more on a on a broader sense. When you do any piece of of art graphic design or if it's a an illustration in the entire bang a cover yeah. or something you're doing in the program i guess at its core where do you get your root of inspiration <laughs> for every piece that you do or kind of what inspires yeah. you um well it's it's hard to try to answer this question without getting uh metaphysical and mm -hmm. like 
where trying to explain where ideas come from. It's I I don't know where ideas come from. Where where your ideas come from? I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if you know uh, David Lynch, the the yeah. movie director. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him s- uh, saying uh, once something like uh, having ideas was like a fishing for him. Like if you if you stay if you're patient and patient enough, and if you stay quiet enough, you will eventually catch something. Like it was almost as if there was this place where ideas are just swimming, and if you, you just need to wait long oh. enough. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's it. I, I was. Um, I, I thought you were you might ask me this question, so I was thinking <laughs> about that yesterday. Um, I don't know. I feel that like rappers probably uh, work in in a system of word association and thinking about their rhythm mm-hmm. and and how like once you say a word, uh, another word comes to your mind, and based on your choices, your your options are kind of showing up based on the previous choices you made. I guess for artists, like it's um. It's a system of image association, maybe. Like, uh, yeah, for let's say for for this cover, I knew I had I, my my problem was I, we had a snap election that wasn't planned, and yeah. Trudeau just called an election out of nowhere, and um, and it was a sex issue, so I had to talk about kind of sex and and in in another in in a non uh, explicit way because it was a cover, and I had to talk about the election at the same time, so that's kind of. I don't know. One thing brought me to, and then I remembered about the poster, uh, and 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 everything kind of came back, came together, almost as if if it was like a collage. I th- I think a lot about in, in, in terms of collage. I feel, which is probably a reaction to the amount of images we have around us. Like, collage is it's it's a, it's, a, it's something that only existed, b- begin to exist once uh, photographs became yeah. available. Uh, like in in the press, so people started mm-hmm. putting them together, and now in, in in this world where like million billions of images are produced every day, every second, like it's just it's just overwhelming. I guess it's kind of inevitable to to not think in terms of collage when you're when you're thinking about drawing uh, or about uh, graphic design and stuff. That's how my process uh, works. So yeah, I, d- I don't know where my ideas come from. It's probably via a system of uh, image associations, and that happens in a deep, dark place in my brain. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a beautiful explanation. And and kind of going to another big question that I have for you. Again, going back to this everlasting passion that you've had just for for drawing and the whole artistic side of things. Who is your biggest? I don't want to say inspiration again. I guess influence or who is someone that you look up to mm. in the art world. Uh, well, it depends, I guess. Like it depends of the moment I'm in in life now. Mm. Like if I'm, I don't know if I'm if I'm thinking a lot about painting. I probably have like a list of painters that inspire me at that moment. If I'm thinking about illustration, there's probably a list of illustrators that I, I'm looking up to at that moment. I don't know. I can I can mention a few a few artists that I'm, I'm have always in my mind. Um, Philip Guston is a it's a it's a painter. He w- was born uh, in Canada actually, although he's a his, uh, he, he had his whole career in, in the United States. Um, he was born, I think he was born maybe in Montreal or something. Uh, yeah, Philip Gusson is a big one. Um, Lucian Freud is another painter that I like a lot. Uh, there's uh, there's a, quite a few Brazilian artists, um, like Ziraldo is a, it's a old, very old one that I, th- I, think, I think a lot about. Uh, some friends, um, I have l- lots of uh, artists friends so and they are a big influence so 
I could mention oh. Victor Rees is a good friend of mine from Brazil. He's a great, really good artist, and we talk like daily. Um, Rafael Coutinho is another artist that was um, it's a big influence. I was his assistant for for a while before moving to Canada, so for a year. So he's a wow. he's a big influence of, to me when it comes to like yeah, just I don't know graphic uh, solutions. Yeah, I don't know. It's, the list goes on. <laughs> if, you, if you let me hear, I can just... Keep. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I'd love to go back, too, and talk about that experience that you had being um, sure. an assistant in, in, in Brazil. What was that like? Or Yeah, so I was working in a, in a gallery. Like, on, on the first floor was a gallery, and the second floor I was, uh, had a bunch of studios. Um, and I was the personal assistant of this uh, one artist, Rafael Coutinho, who's a graphic uh, novel artist and also a visual artist. He paints really well, and... It's just a just a very complete <laughs> artist, I guess. He <laughs> works with everything, and um, yeah. And after I, w- I I got there, I kind of started becoming uh, the space uh, assistant. So I was dealing with um, assisting other artists in other different projects. Uh, Rafael is he's more like a he works more for the press, and he he he's not uh, only focused on the art market. But most of the other artists were like mainly painters or draw and, and drawers and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it was was a nice experience to was an awesome experience actually, very uh, formative for myself because um, there I kind of started understanding that oh, so that's what working as an artist is. Because although my family is uh, is uh, very into art like my dad is a musician my and my uncle that is a visual artist he's also an architect so his main job is being an architect and now he's getting older so he's more getting more getting more involved in his visual art uh, work but i never had the uh, the chance of seeing what is what is a studio what is an art studio what how how people how those artists uh, have their ideas how how is their process so i i guess was my first experience where i realize how these people operate in the world how people like me operate in the world and they had like ver- very different uh, kinds of uh, work some people like in contemporary art a lot of people don't even paint or draw or, or sculpt they're, they're, they have more conceptual pieces and mm-hmm. with diff- weird materials and stuff so um, yeah it was kind of a eye-opening experience and I could see how vast um, art can be it's, i don't know art, art is very it's a weird thing art um it's it's like we're making useless stuff in a sense it's it's like a useless object that you put on the wall and and it somehow it produces some kind of reaction from someone who's looking but it's so subjective yeah. like what's uh, how how i don't know how to explain if I put something on the wall, how it, why does it change the feeling of the room? But it does. Uh, why does it produce some, some sort of reaction from people? I don't know why, but it, it does somehow. It's a very mysterious thing. I, I, don't, I don't really comprehend how, how art works um, and why it works. What, what is a painting? It's like, uh, it's like pigment mixed with some kind of medium on a support that could be like wood or canvas or but uh, in a way, it's just like a, a collection of different pigments that you kind of mix, and it's if you mm-hmm. get too close, it's not even it's not even uh, uh, figurative; it's just abstract. And then you go, and then you you have this whole school of thought, which is 
abstract art that is not even trying to be figurative. It's just um, it's you know, it's something else. And at the end, it's it's just this. It's just like some material on the wall that it, we can somehow recognize as an image and somehow react to it. And um, and in contemporary art, like it's not even these materials anymore. It could be literally anything: a piece of plastic, a, a, a trash, a, a, a wood, or or wax, or whatever. But it, and and I don't know how how it works. And um, but it does. It 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 exists, and it's mm -hmm. fundamental for humanity somehow. <laughs> like <laughs> it's so mysterious, and I really don't understand how it works. But I also feel that not understanding is a big part of what art is. It's not supposed to be fully understandable, I guess, especially for artists. Like maybe art critics know how to interpret art very well, but I think it's fundamental for artists to not really know what they're doing all the time. I think it's important to not know what is going on and what, like sometimes you, um, you do a piece now and you don't like it and then like two or three months uh, from now or two years from now you would look back and then you would get it like oh so that's what I was doing maybe my mm -hmm. work now explains to me what I was doing on the past and I think this is something that is applicable to to art in, in all sorts of levels like maybe like going back to Philip Guston for instance I feel that now that people are talking a lot about like outsider art and painting is not it's not about technique anymore so there's a lot of people who explore some sort of aesthetics that it's flirts with the idea of the badly done or the the bad drawing the bad painting mm. or amateur paintings and and, and philip gusson was doing that 30 years ago 40 years ago and um and now what he was doing kind of makes much more sense because it's becoming uh, more popular and more easily absorbed by by young artists. Mm -hmm. Same thing could be said by um for um Jean-Michel Basquiat who was very young at the time of his death and uh he's still so influential and I feel that his work is still so makes so much sense and it's, it, it it keeps making more sense as time goes on. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's everything is so subjective. It's and I'm saying this now, and maybe tomorrow I'll have a completely different <laughs> opinion. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, from my standpoint, everything. I I agree with you 100%. Like you were saying, art is subjective, so it's it's different for everybody. And it was I really like how you you put all that. It was really beautiful, and it kind of goes to my last question. Really, while you were saying, you know, art is subjective for everyone, both artists and the people who view it and look at it, but your overall message and the personal message I guess artists have within their work, do you know what that is for yourself or what's your personal message that you really want at the very least people to take away from whatever artistic piece you put out, whether it's an interrobang cover like the, the sex issue or, or something on the different end of the spectrum? Just kind of what, what do you hope people resonate with when mm. they look at your art? Mm. That's another tricky question. Um, um, I don't know. Um, like when I'm working for something that it's part of my own personal research, it's one thing. When I'm trying to navigate in a more commercial field, it's a different thing because it now involves like money and involves expectation, involves a, a some a briefing of some sort, like what the other person is expecting me to do. 
So I don't know. I, I, I feel that what I'm the only thing I'm always trying to think about is like being honest with with what I'm trying to do. Like um, I'm always trying to pursue something that excites me in a way, which again, it's hard to, to talk about this because it's also very subjective. Like I don't know why why mm -hmm. something excites me and, and not. And, and, and it gets even more complex because it's I am making it and I don't know what I'm trying to uh, achieve there. But I, I wish people when they see my stuff, I wish they think, okay, that's that's very honest. Like it's not, it's not. Um, um, I'm, I'm not trying to. I don't know. It's such a difficult question. Um, yeah, sorry again, putting you on the spot here. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It just, yeah, I, I try to be honest with myself when I'm trying, when I'm making something, and um, even if I'm, I, I don't like what I'm doing. I, I, I try to be honest uh, by not making it clear that I don't, I don't. I'm not fully into what I'm doing or whatever. Um, I just try to be honest. I guess that's my my main approach: is like being honest with myself and my my process and what excites me mm -hmm. and what. Um, and if I th have an idea and I think it's a it's a good idea, I should uh, fight for it. It's I think it's good. I think it's good, or I think it's bad. I don't think we should do that. In in Terabang, I I was very fortunate because. Hannah gives me a lot of uh, freedom to come up with ideas and, and stuff. And um, sometimes even too much freedom. Sometimes I, I think I, there, there's like a <laughs> at least a couple uh, covers that I did without even like giving her any sketch or any, just like trying to wow. explain the idea but not showing anything. And, uh, and she, she goes for it. Like she, she's, she's such a good uh, uh, editor. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, so, it's so mysterious. Amy, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, I think I think you said it beautifully, and I, I love how the first word that kind of came to mind when I asked that question. You wanted to be honest, and it's that genuine aspect in your art, and I think that's what I was thinking, and that's well received, and I can see the the passion in what you're doing, and it's just amazing, and I I can't wait to see the other pieces that you come up with. And well, thank you very much. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, I, I guess if if you ask me to talk long enough, I just like my answers get more and more uh, less. They get less and less precise and less <laughs> and less assertive and, and and objective. It's just I don't know. Um, yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah, Ian, thank you so much for joining us here thanks in the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Interrobank Podcast. You can catch up with every episode on Google Play, Apple Music, and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe.